Hello and welcome to the Evan and Emily podcast. We hope you enjoy the episode. If and when my child asks me about this, I honestly wouldn't know how to answer any of her questions. Like, well, why do why do people think this way? What, why would they want to change their gender? I don't know. <laughs> and so I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Up. Not too much. How's it going? It's going good. How's how's the new year treating you? You know, pretty good. How about you? How was your new year? <laughs> it was good. It was relatively low key. We we were potentially going to have a couple friends over after we put our daughter down to have a nice little feast, but they couldn't make it. So we feasted ourselves and had way too much food and Aww, probably fun. way too much wine. And That's uh, great. It, it's not a normal, not a normal New Year's, but it turned out to be a, yeah. pretty fun. Nice. What about you? Nice. We always do a new, we always like host a New Year's party. And last year we didn't because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so we went to a hotel instead last year, but this year we just had two other families over and we do like East coast New Year's. So we do like, I always do like a balloon drop and a bunch of noisemakers and poppers and stuff. And we do it at nine o'clock. So then we can all put our kids to bed after. Nice. Yeah. So it was fun. We had two families over. It was good. Good. And how did the kids do with New Year's? Do they want to stay up until then? Do they want to stay up later? Oh yeah. Nine o'clock is like, they're like, no probs. Yeah. Everyone's doing good. All three? <laughs> yeah. All three. Nice. Yeah. That's so, cool. That's fun. Cool. And anything else new since we talked last week? Oh my gosh. I can't remember. I don't think so. How about you? I don't think so either. Pretty short week work-wise and just had a few things to get done but overall it was a pretty good week and we got to hang out with some friends throughout and uh, then we had our little in-home new year celebration so fun yeah and now we're here so yeah here we are yeah we i'm always curious about new year's resolutions and that was one thing that i wanted to chat about today What's your opinion on them? Do you do them? Does your family do them? Give me the lowdown. Right now? Yeah. Okay. Wait, are we starting? Yeah. (laughs) We're already started. (laughs) Right. Got that out later. (laughs) New Year's resolutions. You know, I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions, to be honest. I kind of feel like a lot of people make them and then break them right away. I also feel as though people should just make resolutions, like make changes in their lives throughout the year. I don't feel like I have to do it at the new year. That doesn't feel for me personally, doesn't feel like this big time to start over. I feel as though anytime I'm ready to make a change in my life, that's the time to do it. And I just tend to feel like it can be a a little bit, if you try to force it, then a lot of times they get fall through. But I think for some people, it's a really important time and they're very, it's a great time to start over. But for me personally, I don't love it. 
Yeah, I couldn't how do you, agree how more. Do you, how do you feel about it? Okay, okay, funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really thought we were going to disagree more on this podcast, but it's turning out we, we have very similar tendencies and mindsets, which is good. I thought that was a very funny thing, too. Yeah. I thought the, almost every single topic, I'm like, oh, wow. Can't wait to can't wait to see your thoughts on it. We'll find like, one. Oh. Don't worry. Maybe yeah, today we'll, we'll, will be we'll the find. one. Who knows? Maybe, to, maybe today will be the day. <clears throat> Here we go. So I totally agree. I think New Year's resolutions are stupid, and statistically <laughs> speaking, ninety nine percent of them fail because of just the nature of them. I was yeah. going to call them gimmicky, but I didn't yeah. want to hurt your feelings no. if you <laughs> were very into them. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of you. But no, I'm not. And I I couldn't agree more. I think just change in general and holding yourself accountable and doing things that make your life better should be a perpetual thing that you do throughout the year and always. Yeah. And in terms of resolutions i have i've always had this weird feeling about them because when i was younger and everyone told me that was what you're supposed to do of course i would indulge in that but when i do that got older and realized that it was silly or stupid i just kind of stopped <laughs> but i've always had this like weird kind of contrarian feeling around them that i almost want to kind of indulge in like <laughs> not negative behavior i'm not sure the right word but for I'll, I'll give you an example like yesterday and today i probably had the m most sugary treats that i've had in the last like six months just yeah just because it's uh, right. a weekend it's off like a long holiday exactly yeah. and i had the same type of week yeah and i i always find it funny when people because i was at the grocery store the other day and somebody in front of me was Ugh. like oh yeah the my worst. new year's resolution is i'm gonna Ugh. cut out sugar <laughs> good luck buddy so grumpy <laughs> at the gym when yeah. there's all these people at the gym and I, I try not to be because I'm like yeah. people changing their lives, making better choices. This is a good thing. This is a sure. thing to celebrate. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, gosh, now there's <laughs> going to be a bunch of people new at the gym. And for the next three weeks, <laughs> and then it'll go back to normal. <laughs> and I just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. 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 People at the people at the groceries were buy, buying juicer. I don't know. Yeah, I, I and it's kind of weird. I find that in myself a lot where if I see a lot of people doing similar way. things, I'm, I'm, I'm like, drawn to do the opposite. Exactly. Same. And I I definitely feel that with New Year's resolutions. I I don't want to do them. I don't plan to have my kids do them. I I think me yeah. and my wife have always agreed ever since we met that we're the type of people that want to continually make changes, right. change diets, go do different exercises or, you know, if we're And when something's behind, not working, yeah. change it right then. Exactly. I feel like that's the most effective, not to be like, let's just wait. It's you got to change it then because you notice that there's something is the problem and that's the motivation to change it. Not the time of year is not a motivator to change your habits. I feel like. It, totally. And there's actually this book I haven't read yet, but I've been wanting to read. It's called atomic habits. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. So I, I forget the author. Oh, it's this guy, James clear. 
And okay. so the tagline is an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. So I've read like snippets of it. And I think the gist of it is kind of what we're talking about, that habits are built by consistency, not like mm. a, a just burst of energy that you want to change something now and you're going to do it. That almost right. never works. And you have to, some of the best ways to do it is start small and build gradually yes. over time and be consistent. That's the next thing I was going to bring up Yeah, is I feel like people try to change too many things at one time and you, you just can't, you have to, it, you have to build habits and yeah. habits are really hard to change. And so you have to be mindful of that. And when you're trying to do maybe five different things at once, it can lead to just burnout and failure instead of, mm -hmm success almost. Yeah. And in terms of some gradual changes, so a few years yeah, ago, let's talk about that. What are some changes? Okay, go ahead. You say that. And yeah. Then I'll ask so an example of it, I think in my life was a few years ago, oh, probably five or six. Now my wife, historically she has digestive issues, which a lot of people have these days. And yeah. so we decided that together we were going to try a new diet. And at the time, this was like early on when the vegan craze was just starting to pick up steam. And we were listening to different podcasts that, you know, were talking about veganism, plant-based eating, things of that nature. So what we did was we started for a month doing meatless Mondays and just testing yeah. to see if, hey, does this feel right. right? Can we actually do it? Which turned out it was super easy to do. <laughs> and we, totally. we naturally gravitate towards a lot of plant foods to begin with. So that was easy. And then we <laughs> ironically had a bit of an indulgence. We've, we went on a vacation to Las Vegas just to eat. <laughs> we didn't Love it. party or gamble. We just went to a bunch of restaurants and we yeah. had a bunch of Better. meat and cheese and a bunch of food. But nonetheless, after that weekend, we went fully vegan. And that was after okay. uh, a couple months of dipping our toes in the water. So that are you vegan now? No, we Okay, I was we, gonna we say, shifted. I'm pretty sure I saw some meat on. <laughs> <Yeah. Instagram. laughs> so a longer story to that is that is an example of us gradually getting into it and being consistent, doing it weekly, and then, you know, building over time and just committing. And we did that <clears throat> pretty much for, I would say, two years total. She may be a little longer than me, but what we noticed, and not to get super into just diets and health in general, but for us in particular, we just couldn't really maintain a healthy weight. There just wasn't enough sustenance. We had to eat so much, you know, beans and yeah. legumes and different types of things to get the protein in. So, uh, all in all, we shifted away yeah. from that, introduced fish and then meat and then. But, but learned at the same time a way to eat exactly. less meat yep. and eat. And more quality. And <laughs> we went through this. We went through a very similar thing, which I don't know if you remember this, but when we, when my husband and I were, we were doing something similar, you gave me a few of my favorite vegan websites, actually. Yeah. I, I don't you remember, remember that. that? Okay. I was like, I. Yeah. Anyway, so we did a similar thing where we were like, let's try for 30 days to 
cut our meat in half is basically what we were saying mm-hmm. and substitute in veg- more vegetables and try some more vegetarian items. And then after that, we just incorporated that into our daily life where we're or like, not yeah, our daily life where we were more like, okay, how can we put less meat buy better quality meat and put less meat into this meal, yeah. you know, and add in more vegetables. And so that's kind of what we do. Yeah. And we, I mean, that's funny. I don't remember doing that. <laughs> I'll have to look back. I think this, this awesome vegan life. Yeah. Yeah. That was you. It sounds you told familiar. Me about, that, about that website. <clears throat> so shout out, shout out to this awesome vegan life. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, speaking of just veganism and this podcast seems to gravitate towards families and kids and things like that. I actually attribute the shift back to animal protein Mm. to my wife being able to conceive because she was having, once we were vegan for a while, she was having uh, fertility issues. So yeah, she, for a while and it correlated, she got off birth control, which we've touched on in the past, but Uh for like seven months, she just did not get her period. And from there, we were just trying to do different things. She was introducing different types of foods, different protocols. And we introduced more red meat at that time. And I don't know if that was what did it, but shortly after she started becoming more regular and yeah, from there she has, has done pretty well overall. She still has issues. She's lactose intolerant. So dairy is kind of out for her, but overall, I think there is for a woman in their twenties to maybe forties, I am not sure that you can have a healthy fertility with just a vegan diet. I don't know. It's an interesting hypothesis that I have, but interesting. Yeah. That, that was just, I think iron is really hard. Probably you, yeah, it's probably really hard, hard to get iron. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And even when you're pregnant to maintain, you need even higher levels. And I was always anemic when, but anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just interesting because I feel like we both did something where we tried something out mm-hmm. for like, let's see how this goes for 30 days and then incorporate the best parts of that into our life and make changes where we need to versus I think when you do a resolution, it's like, I'm a vegetarian now. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's, and then it's really hard. And then you fall off the bandwagon versus like being able to change something at any point. You're kind of like, Oh, let me incorporate this. Let me get rid of this. It's like a gradual change versus an all or nothing. Yeah, exactly. And putting the new year aside and shifting away from diet for a second, what other changes or shifts would you look to make in the coming year? Are there anything that you've been thinking about over the past couple of months that you want to get to doing, whether it's health exercise, work, whatever, what comes to mind? My goodness. You go. Do you have some? You go first. Yeah. So one thing that I've been trying to do more lately is I've been struggling with getting up at a reasonable time in the morning, (laughs) 
what I mean by that is my schedule in general, I, our daughter wakes up at seven o'clock pretty much on the dot every morning and we feed her yeah. right when she wakes up. So there's a period from really 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. that we have tried different times within that spectrum to yes. get up and get the <laughs> bottle prepared, et cetera. Right. So we've, we started. I'm close. just laughing because I know. Yeah. You I know, know this life like, where you're like, this could all go smoother if I just woke up earlier. Yep. So we <laughs> just, as you can probably appreciate, we started at six pretty early on and now we're closer to about 650 that we get up and <laughs> get the bottle ready and go to her room so that is something that i'm going to consciously try to taper down a bit tomorrow i'm shooting for 6 30 and i'm going to shoot for that all week and then just kind of slowly bring it back down that. to like 6 a.m part of the reason and maybe eventually I'll get closer to like 5:30 I don't know but I've been struggling finding the time and the energy to work out during the day over the past month specifically just with the holidays and everything going on we've mm-hmm. had busy schedules and I've I've just struggled with that so ideally I would get it done in the morning, although it's pretty cold in the morning and our gym is in our garage without a heater. Mm. So who knows if that'll work out, but nonetheless, the small, get that space heater. Get that space heater. I know we, we have an air conditioner in there, just not a space heater. So that might be the <laughs> next purchase, but that for me, that's what comes to mind is a gradual shift that I'm trying to create a better habit with. And I'm trying to start reasonably maybe 20 minutes earlier to start with for this upcoming week. You've got it. You can do it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so anything come to mind like that? You know, I think COVID, my kids were home from school and I had to school them at home. And so I had to kind of create some of those morning routines prior to them getting up, which have stuck. Mm-hmm. And so I do my workouts quite early in the morning. But I think what comes, I think what comes to mind for me is just some goals I have with work for this next year. And really it's more just trying to figure out what it looks like for me going forward with work with my three kids. And I have a couple different avenues that I can go and which, which one of those do I want to do? So that's kind of what I've been. So with that, how do you, how, how are you trying to think through it to come to an informed choice? Oh, great question. <laughs> I just, I think I've been trying to think through, well, this, this is how I process most things is trying to think through, well, number one, which one do I want to do more? And then number two, Okay. So my two currently, I am a high school math teacher. Mm -hmm. And so I always have the option of teaching in schools full time. So that is one route. A second route is that currently I tutor in the evenings and I have the opportunity to take on a larger role at the company that I work at for this next year and potentially years to come. Or do I want to go back and teach in the classroom? are my kind of two and options. When, you, when you're thinking through that decision, are you thinking 
from, are, are you weighing more on a financial decision? Are you weighing more on a personal growth or personal satisfaction mm-hmm. decision? How do you look Luck- at that? L- yeah. Luckily, financially, either way is fine. But I think for me, it's more, do I want to have childcare besides myself for my youngest during the day? Mm-hmm. And currently she's with me full time in the day since I work in the evenings. And, but that also brings with it its own challenges because then I'm very tired because I work, I work all day doing children in the day. And then I work in the evenings. So it's kind of, that can be a struggle. It also is a lot of work just like housewise to not be home in the evenings, getting things done. Mm-hmm. My, it, put, it falls a lot on my husband does all of that. And so he's, it's also like he's working a bunch after work, you know, because there's not two of us there. Right. So that's all a consideration, but I really enjoy, I really enjoy being the person with my daughter and she is two and a half. So I'm trying to decide do I want to wait until she's in school? Do I want to wait one more year? Do I want to wait two more years until I go back to full-time work in the day? And that it's a really hard choice for me to make because I love my profession and I love teaching a lot, but I also love being at home with my kids. So it's just something I always toggle back and forth between. And either way I've done both and either way I, there are things I really miss about the other one. Yeah, I was going to ask, what what do you view as some of the pros and cons of each now that you've done both? Well, I luckily work in a profession that I absolutely love and and doing my job feels like a joy. And so when I'm not doing it, it's hard because I really miss it. And the times that I've taught in schools when and and have had someone else watching my children, I also just miss being at home with my kids and kind of being the person there with them. So yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, it, I think that is a perpetual struggle, especially for a mother. And I mean, I feel that too, but totally. uh, more so totally. maybe on the maternal side of things, my yeah. wife, I feel like most moms. Over yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. My wife, you're working. Yeah. Talked about that. And luckily she does currently work from home. She, we both spend time with our daughter during the day because we're both working from home right now. And which is amazing. Yeah, which is great. It's a little stressful at times, but we make it work. Yes. And she's shared that her internal struggle is always, is she being selfish, working a full-time job instead of focusing just on our daughter and, and, or is she not being selfish enough? Should we, you know, get a nanny, which we're, believe it or not, interviewing to do. I may have mentioned that in the past. So we're now leaning more towards that side of things and we'll see how that goes overall. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting dilemma. And I, I feel like most moms that I talk to, whether they work or they sit at home or they do a combination of both mm-hmm. feel that pull to whichever one they're doing, they feel a pull to the other. And I think it's just a kind of a, a, a duality way. we live with. Yeah. 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 And I think what you said 
is really accurate. You feel selfish one way or you feel like you're not being selfish enough <laughs> the other way. Also having daughters, which you have a daughter. Mm-hmm. I want my I want my daughters to live the life they want to live. If they want to work, I want them to work. If they don't, I don't want th- I want a model for them that they can do whatever they that they can do whatever they want. want. And so yeah. I that that also weighs on me, you know. <clears throat> and so it really comes up what do you want? And it's like all of it. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And with the tutoring, because in a classroom, you have a bunch of students that you're teaching to tutoring. I imagine it's more of a one-on-one thing. Is that how yours is? It can be one-on-one, but it's typically groups like five or six. Gotcha. So it's it's a combo. Yeah. There's like a lesson that we do and Mm. then we do, do one-on-one help. The benefit also of tutoring, teaching is such a difficult profession as well, because there's so much after hours work Mm -hmm. that it's not just that I would be doing a full-time job in the day. It takes a lot of time away from my family in the evenings with grading and prep and all of that. I've also taught some sciences in the past and you have to get in early. You have to prep labs. Sometimes you have to get them started before the kids come into class. And so all of that takes time outside of work, which just, is really difficult because you can be up grading till very late prepping till very late after you've worked a long day with tutoring. It's really amazing because there is no grading. There is no prep. I just show up and teach and do stuff. And Mm -hmm. that is really a benefit. That's a really amazing benefit of, of that currently is that I don't have all the outside extra work. work. Yeah. And what would be the, additional role or different role that you would take on with the tutoring company? How would it differ? So they, they asked me if I wanted to step into a more managerial role, take on more responsibilities for potentially opening and closing or being the person in charge, being the only one. And this is like a center that you go to or. Yeah. There's, there's two female owners who started the company and they they prep all the material they run the business side of stuff they do all of that and they recently approached me and said we really enjoy you we think you're a hard worker they complimented me a lot and basically asked if i wanted to take on some of their roles maybe one day co-owning with them as they want to retire and so it was an amazing opportunity that and has a lot of potential for the future. For me, it's just really hard because I know I love teaching in the classroom. So it's been kind of this big thing that I've had to weigh of, this is an amazing opportunity, mm-hmm. but also where do my passions lie kind of, so. Yeah, and what what types of kids come into the tutoring center? Is it kids that need like extra help or more gifted kids, a mix. It's a, it's a combination for sure. There's a lot of kids who are gifted, who just want to excel. There's also a lot of kids who struggle, who come in. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's quite the combination. They, there's also a whole side where they do college admissions help. So essays, creating essays, editing essays, helping apply. So there's a whole separate, I also do ACT prep and SAT prep classes. Mm -hmm. And so there's kind of a college aspect to it as well, which is kind of cool. But yeah, it's kids all over, but obviously kids who are wealthy and because they can afford tutoring and 
a little background on me, one of the reasons I went into teaching is to teach in low income schooling. And so there's also that struggle where I like, it's a different demographic than I originally went into the profession to help. And so that's also something I consider. Sure. So do you want my opinion on what you should do? Sure. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I think you should absolutely take them up on their offer and see where you can take it with the tutoring company. And there's, there's a few ways that I think you could accomplish all of what you're looking to. So first and foremost, like you said, you can always go back to teaching. That's uh, a given. And there's always a need, especially right now for teachers in high school. So that said, this type of opportunity, I don't think comes around often. And it's not, there's not the inverse opportunity that exists with teaching at a high school. There's not always going to be this opening to pursue whatever they're hoping to do with you. So there's that part and you could always leave if it doesn't turn out to be what you hope for. And more important than that, I think just teaching in general at a school or a high school, middle school, wherever there's a natural ceiling to what you can accomplish personally. I totally get the desire and where you came into it in the first place, just wanting to uh, impact students, kids, especially from low income areas or, you know, wherever. And that's great. And that's something that you can do. And there's a huge need for that. But what I think you can also potentially do Eventually, if you become a co-owner or whatever uh, situation arises with the tutoring company, there is always an opportunity to create a potentially nonprofit arm of the tutoring company where you focus solely on low income students who need the help that schools can't actually give them both economically and from an efficiency perspective. You probably know that better than most that even if you're teaching in a low income area, there's still a lot of limitations to what impact you can personally have to make these kids, you know, reach their true potential. I think a tutoring company like this, it sounds like could wind up being an order of magnitude more impactful than, you know, your role in a high school potentially. I don't know. But it sounds like that would be a great opportunity for personal satisfaction, growth, creativity, and, you know, doing all of the things you want to do, including maybe creating a nonprofit of some sort. That's true. Could be some interesting food for thought. Yeah. So when when did they tell you they want your decision? Oh, well, I had brought this up around Thanksgiving time. Gotcha. I think for sure for the next two years, I'm going to pursue that route just because I do enjoy being home with my daughter Mm -hmm. and kind of see how it goes. (laughs) Kind of like you said, see how it goes and see if there, if I do want a even larger role, maybe than a managerial role. Yeah. One day I, the draw for education for me, teaching in the classroom is very strong though, I will say so, but it, I, I do appreciate your point about 
potentially being able to make a nonprofit arm off of it. That would, that is, that is a draw as well. So, yeah. I mean, from a business perspective that there are huge benefits, both tax and profit wise that you can attach to (laughs) the the for-profit side of the business. So that's where my mind goes because that's what I think about. (laughs) I tend to think not about the money. Yeah. What do I just want to (laughs) do? That's great too. There's, it's, it's nice that you get to have that because a lot of people don't. All right. So this week I wanted to touch on a very controversial topic. Very to let's let's preface it with very controversial. For, <laughs> for, can't even say it. So I've been both fascinated and worried, I think is the best way to describe it, about mm-hmm. the transgenderism movement, if we call it a movement, I don't know what it's considered, but the, the reason that I wanted to touch on it is twofold. First, I wanted to get your opinion just in general on transgenderism, but the more impactful topic and what worries me is that it's, it seems to be getting, I don't know if popular is the right term, but I hear it more in reference to children and transitioning as a child. So to start off with, what are your views just in general on transgenderism in adults? I guess we can start there. Okay. I believe that, I believe that people can feel that their gender identity is different than the sex that they assigned at birth. And I feel like for adults, they are welcome to make, if that is how they feel and they want to transition, I have no issue with that. I think when we talk about kids, it becomes very different because it just does. I, and I, and, and I want to, I want to, I want to say, I would, I will, I will love my kids no matter what. And if they, but changing the hormonal balance of a child, I don't think that my husband and I would, would, would do that. Even if your child begs and pleads and I, I would, (laughs) I would, they would have to make that choice as an adult. Yeah. And I, and I have no problem with people and, and I feel like people really do potentially feel as though maybe I I feel like they do feel like their gender identity differs from the sex that they're assigned at birth. But I feel like when you bring hormonal changes into the situation, I don't think that's something that a child can make that decision as a child yeah probably probably controversial yeah well i'll I'll even add to that (laughs) and i'll just be upfront and honest i'll i'll start with that yeah go ahead now you say you say some things (laughs) so i i I mean obviously i'm not a transgendered person so i i don't know what that's like that said i also will say i don't i don't have 
I don't have any personal friends that are trans transgender. Nor do, do I. No. So I, I've I've not heard many stories. First, yeah, first yeah, person yeah. stories. Okay, go ahead. So, from my point of view, just viewing it from an outsider's perspective, it seems to me more like a mental health issue than anything else. And the reason I say that where when we talk about sexual attraction, so, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, whatever, that makes a lot more sense to me because is we're talking about a preference. We're talking about, you know, what you're attracted to, which is not only just for sexual purposes that what do you what do you like what do you enjoy eating what do you enjoy doing those types of opinions and preferences make sense to me what doesn't make sense to me is how you get to the point where you think you biologically should be different you should have different dna essentially how do, how can that happen? How does that happen? And I think, in my opinion, it's more <laughs> of a. I, I have this I have this theory of conflict and mental constructs. So what I mean by that is, I think when times are good in a in a society, when there's not war, when there's not famine, when when there's not things that a society or a community needs to actively worry about Mm -hmm. there tends to be more things like this that tend to pop up racial inequity transgenderism you know the feminism movement where it gets to an extreme not that feminism is bad but yeah yeah. um, but let's separate the word feminism from maybe something else okay perfect (laughs) just an example (laughs) but i i think a lot of those things tend to pop up and become just thoughts in general because there's nothing else to think about so when when people have no worries they tend to create their own worries in my opinion and can can i say something super interesting uh, well, first, I want to separate. I want to separate racism from this issue because I feel like they're very different. But okay, yeah, I Valid. okay, but I have before said that because I feel like sorry, say say that again. You broke up there. Oh, I have said before mm-hmm. that I feel like because people are not working manual labor jobs, like you said, life is very easy easy compared to it, how it has been in the past. We have a lot of luxury items. Mm -hmm. Many of our problems are not problems that endanger our lives, things like that, that I believe a lot, a lot of issues that have more mental, more mental topics and more are, are an, are a thing because of that. I have definitely said that in the past before, like, People, even just like more people, like you said, even maybe realizing that they are gay because they can actually think about it or where in the past they may not have been able to have any of that mental capacity to think about it because sure. they're working a labor job, they're whatever, I, there's famine, there's whatever, yeah. you know, kind of things you said. I, and I, that's, I think it's that been is, stig- I think there is stigmatized societally. There is, yeah. And I, th- I think there is something to that because we do have more 
time to, or we've like evolved to think about these things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So going, I think there's something to that. I, I, I think there's absolutely a sociological phenomenon that relates to that. So that's, that's just one part of it. But going back to your point, I couldn't care less what adults want to do with their bodies, with themselves, with their preferences, as long as they're not actively hurting somebody else. Who cares? Do do whatever right. the hell you want to do. And that's fine when it gets to the point where there's doctors saying they support transitioning at, you know, below, I think, 13 years old because it'll help them mentally to be in the gender they want to be in longer term. And right. it's easier to transition at a younger age. That right, to me is just, just dangerous and makes zero sense. A child can't actually understand what they want <laughs> really until their brain is fully formed at you know yeah. whatever age, 23, 25, whatever right. it winds up being. So what the hell are people thinking that they're... And, and I'm going to be honest, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm scared to, I'm scared to say that. Like I, I am scared to, like, I have hold that same thought. I hold that same opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, I would not, I would not pay for or allow my child to do that because I don't, I don't think they know who they are completely. I don't think their brains all the way developed. I don't, there's just a lot. It's, it's really hard to go back from that. Yeah. And it's not a choice I believe a child should be making, but for me to just say that out in the open, <laughs> I just, be, I, be great. <laughs> like I'm ner- I would be nervous to admit that. Yeah. And I'm not sure why I, I guess it's probably because just the overall media in general has painted it well, as you need to be in full support no matter what, regardless of the nuance, which is a common theme in a lot of these controversies. So you feel the same way or would you not, do you feel the same way or do you feel like you wouldn't have a problem sharing that? I, I wouldn't have a problem sharing it. I have shared it in the past. And I mean, I mean, to be honest, I'm not in a lot of like hyper liberal circles or progressive circles that have that aggressive viewpoint in in my view that if if you say something like that you're ostracized i mm-hmm. tend to surround myself with more open-minded people and just i don't i don't think any of my close friends would ostracize me for yeah. it but i wouldn't go just like but, po- not that i post i don't post anything anyway controversial or yeah. otherwise I mean, but I wouldn't just go blasting it around. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to like uh, a college campus and just take a bullhorn and start talking about it. I wouldn't do that. And that's commonly something that I don't enjoy just inserting myself in controversy. To me, that's self-indulgent and just dangerous and stupid anyways. So I, I don't think that solves it. But to answer your question, if somebody asked me that maybe I didn't know all that well, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a problem being honest about it. And I think I, I could explain why, which I'm kind of doing now. It, yeah. it just to me doesn't make sense. If somebody explained it to me that did wind up making sense, I, I, I'm 
generally open-minded and I'm happy to change my view once it clicks for me. I don't see there being any way that somebody can explain to me why eight-year-olds thinking they should be a different gender and should go through a transition surgery that a doctor supports. I don't see how anyone can make that logical to me. So that part, I am strongly against that movement and that theory that that's okay. I. I think I, st- I think the one part where I, <clears throat> the one part, I, w- the one thing I worry about in la- in life or just like, is that my kids would not, not, would feel like I don't support them. And so I would never, I would never, I would never do it. I would yeah. never do it. And, but but I, think, I, I think it would be painful as a parent mm-hmm. if your child came to you expressing that for years and years and you would have to be like, you can make that choice as an adult, but we're not going to do that now. Yeah. I think it, I think it would be hard, the relationship, right? Totally. But I mean, it would be, be really usually hard, detrimental, years, really hard. but yeah. what I will say, and I will grant that very early in my fatherhood journey. So I don't know what the future holds, but I think you would probably agree that I don't really see there being any way my daughter or maybe my future other child would have those thoughts or feelings because of the way that we intend to raise them. If there is something, obviously we don't have full control over their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions. And do you you think it's like a biological, do you think it's a biological that well, that, this is that's, what I just that's really part don't of the know. controversy and part of my right. belief that no, it's not biological. Because if it were biological, they would be the other gender. <laughs> because it, it's, <laughs> it, we're talking chromosomes here. There's a reason right. no. <laughs> they're coded a certain way. <laughs> so that, but I think that's where they would say that's their the the sex assigned to them, like male or female, doesn't align with what they feel like their identity is. Yeah, but I I think. And that's where my opinion really comes from, that it's a mental health issue, is that as a as your two year, your two year old doesn't have a concept of gender. Your two year old just knows that she's a girl and this is how girls are. So in my opinion, that's a learned trait. That's something that there's influence on the child or the adult or whoever that makes them question their own biology and makes them feel like they should be something else. So that's my opinion where it comes from that. It's a, a mental health. I I wouldn't go as far as to say it disorder, but a mental health consideration that they, at some point in their life came to the opinion that they should be something different than they are. And for whatever reason. So where I was going with the fact that I don't think that's something that I'll ever have to worry about, hopefully, is I believe we can raise our child to understand why the world works in the way it is, you know, the biology aspect of human beings. And the only concern that I really have is the outside influences because there are, 
you know, kids that talk in school, there will be likely a transgendered person in their school at some point, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, hopefully not early, earlier than high school. It's on shows as well. Exactly. That's where I was going. It's now becoming more common on, you know, in pop culture and television shows and movies and things like that. Like the the new babysitters club series that Netflix came out with, there is a character who they're, they're like, my brother is now my sister. It was like, it was kind of a small, it wasn't, it was like a sub, it wasn't a plot line or an episode, but it was like a, a minor Mm. side part. Totally. Yeah. And, and that's really what worries me is that aspect. And I mean, it's, I don't think it's sinister. I don't think that's the intention. I think what most people would say is they are creating these characters, these shows, these movements in the effort of more inclusion. And I get that. I support it. But at the same time, they're not understanding the, the effects that that can have on the society at large and just kids in general. My, my, my question, my, I ha, and I wish I maybe knew a transgender per, or, or person who transgendered so I could ask them or maybe inquire into this more, but I'm just very curious about, so it feels like they're okay. So their identity doesn't align with the, the sex they were given at birth, mm-hmm. but then, but what, so like, let's say, they this is just like very simplistic but they are more sport they're a female at birth and they're more sporty or they like blue or they like to do boy quote-unquote boy things but to me i'm like girls can do any of those things and not have to be a boy to do them right or a boy can enjoy pink or fashion or have more maternal instincts or be more tender and still be a boy. Yeah. I mean, you can be more of a masculine woman. You can be more of a feminine man, but you don't have to. Like the issue more is why are there so many things that are assigned to a specific gender or like, this is more of a gender norm for this Mm -hmm. gender. And a lot of those are just societally put on just kind of how our society runs. I think there was a thing that went around recently that said at some point in time, it was common to dress boys in dresses. That was the societal norm. So it's just very interesting because that would be a question I would have about it is if you don't, if you identify more with the other gender, can't you just biologically be, and I think this would probably be offensive. So I'm, I'm sure I'm offending (laughs) transgender people, but can't you just biologically be a boy, but tend more towards female things like paint your nails. Great. I don't know. You know, I'm just, I'm curious about what is the deeper thing about changing your actual sex. Yeah. I would be curious. That would be my question. Yeah. Cause it would be like, why can't we just do the other things? Is who cares? In my opinion. Yeah. And I have, I have heard interviews with transgendered people similar to the question you asked, which have mostly been more of just a generalized, I just won't feel right until I have mm. those parts, essentially. Got it. 
So it. it's, again, it just seems like more of a feeling and more of uh, a mental association with it that I, I'm not sure why, but my <laughs> basis and my original hypothesis is just part of the general sociological phenomenon of with a very comfortable society, low conflict, you just create things like this that tend to pop up and proliferate. But where it gets even more confusing to me to kind of extend to what you were talking about is, okay, if you're a biological male who believes you should be a female and you transition, where does your sexual preference go with that because if you transition then, to I a think female, heard, I think it's, it's whatever. So like if you're, a, if you've transitioned to a female, then you're, I believe, I believe you're s- straight with a man and gay with a, a female. So if you have transitioned, so if you have transitioned this, to a female, <laughs> this example <laughs> it's from start to finish. So you're a, you're a straight male who believes that you should be a woman. You transition surgically to become a woman and you still are attracted to women. Are you a lesbian or are you a straight woman? How does, how does that work? Straight, I believe a straight. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. You've, <laughs> transitioned, you've transitioned to a female, yeah. correct? And you're still attracted okay. to females. So you're a lesbian. I believe. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> we're. It, I believe. I believe that's. I'm trying to quickly look up the correct because it's a weird thing to Google. Yeah. So like, they reference straight. So a trans woman who's dating a cis male, so just a male, is a straight trans woman. That's what it says. Straight trans woman. Wait, wait. So what, what is, so then if they're dating a what female, is a trans woman considered? It, woman. A wo- like a, like woman a man that transitioned to a woman? Is that what is? Straight- oh, correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. So like when you say transgender woman, it's the gender they now are, not okay. what they were. Yeah. Okay. So if yeah. that person was dating a male, they would be in a straight relationship. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. But what if both, what if they haven't <laughs> surgically transitioned? Oh, I think, I think it's still, I think it's still considered a, tra- a, tra- a woman. Huh. Yeah. That, that's where my head starts spinning because should we go, should we go more controversial? Yeah. Go, just for go it. one step further. Okay. <laughs> what, <laughs> what how do you way. feel about, <laughs> How do you feel about, like, what do you feel about the bathroom situation? Oh, God, yeah. I, I forgot to get into this because <laughs> I I do not think that a transgendered person should go into the opposite sex's bathroom. So let me clear up that confusion because it's just difficult to actually say. I think you should be going to the bathroom where you biologically belong to. Okay. The reason I say that is because there could be a predatory situation that 
in that occurs. I've heard situations like this coming about and it's, I mean, where, but I think the, I think the higher statistics are that the trans person would be ostracized in their, and, and no assault, like assaulted in a, in a situation, typically they're the victim of the most crimes. Yeah. More than. Yeah. But in a bathroom, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't really have a big issue with the whole bathroom thing. Yeah. I, and personally. you know, frankly, I, I don't really either. And there's, it's not as big of a deal to me as the whole children issue. Yes. In general. I think that is a very interesting yeah. I mean, it, it, for the most part, if you are, I mean, let's, <laughs> let's just break this down even further. Really where it would get confusing is a biological male who has a penis. If he transitions to become a female and surgically removes said penis or whatever mm-hmm. and goes into a female bathroom okay you you technically can't you know assault a female in a way a male normally would and in that case your biological parts are modified to be in that bathroom okay fine in the inverse if a female who transitioned to become a man goes into a male bathroom it's not likely i don't think how common is it for a transgendered male do they have like a prosthetic penis how does that work I don't know. <laughs> I don't okay. know. I don't, I don't know how that how the surgery but works. From, I think most commonly it's that the breasts are removed. I think yeah, that's the I, biggest. Yeah, um, I think so too. Part of surgery for that. And so what for, I'm getting at is in a male bathroom, there's urinal stalls and there's regular stalls. In a female mm-hmm. bathroom, there's only regular stalls that have Which doors. Is, I just feel like there's not going to be many assaults in a bathroom situation like no, that. No, I don't think so either. But in general, even a transgendered male who was previously female, they're mm-hmm. going to have to go to the bathroom in a, in a closed door stall anyways. Yeah. So it's yeah. unlikely that anyone's going to really know But if you appear... Yeah. yeah, they're not going to know. And yeah. if you appear the other gender, you really might not know. Yeah, I, I think the only controversy is really a transgendered female. A male who transitioned yeah. to become but a female goes then, into rarely, a female's I think bathroom. There's ever, yeah. yeah, I feel like there's just really little. I don't, I'm like, personally, I'm just like, you probably won't be able to tell from the outside anyway. And a male, a, a a straight male could come into a bathroom and assault a woman. And yeah, it's not like women there's, are assaulted there's by straight men <laughs> locks a lot. to so, like keep people not. out in general. Yeah. It's just yeah. a societal thing. I guess maybe as like in kids, but like maybe at schools or something, yeah. I just feel like also maybe have a, maybe have like a, I feel like it's more common to, these days to have a, any gendered area, like any gendered yeah bathroom yeah (laughs) it's just a a question mark (laughs) as a symbol (laughs) (laughs) no no i think it's just it's just typically there's a man and a woman staying next to each other or like a family restroom 
<laughs> Got it. Yeah. Or it's just like it's just like its own thing. Yeah, I, I I think that's much more common. So maybe that's where they go. I don't know. But yeah, I, to your question, I don't have a, a strong opinion one way or another. I don't th- really think it's a, a my, big issue. My next question would be: Do you think this is going to be like when people started coming out as gay or lesbian, and it and really? people started becoming aware of it. I think people had these same conversations that we're having now. Is this a mental thing? Is it what, like, do you think that this is different or do you think in years we're going to, or 15 or 20 or when we have great grandchildren, they'll be appalled that we ever had this conversation. It's an interesting question. I view it as much different than the gay and lesbian conversation that happens 10, 20, 30 years ago, however long. And we kind of already explained why I think, you know, a preference of, you know, what you like is much different than a opinion of what Biology. biology you should be. So that said, I think at least in the short term, it's going to take the path of, what gay rights had in terms of it becoming less taboo, more accepted, and frankly, more, I don't know if promoted is the right word, but more mainstream, maybe. I think Mm -hmm. that's what appears to be happening with the transgenderism movement is just like we've talked about with the TV shows, introducing transgendered characters and, you know, having it be, more of a topic in pop culture, I think it's going to continue to grow in its presence for good or for bad. Um, And you think even in, you think in children or in adults? I think mostly in adults. I think there will be a growth in children transitioning. Unfortunately, I think that it's a big, that's a big choice. It's a huge choice. It's a lifelong choice. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just seems because there are rarely other large choices like that, that parents let their kid, like, would you let your kid get a tattoo as an eight year old? Like, obviously this is so different, but you would be like, you you can get removed for the most part, but you don't know really what you, you don't really know your, opinions no yeah like so that's why i'm it's just i don't know i struggle a lot because there's just not many life long choices that you let children make right yeah at such a young age even dating like you don't even not until they're like in high school are you like yeah okay a dating relationship is probably fine you know, well, that, that's, so. that's the statement that's going to get you canceled. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No dating till high school. Kids can date it however young they want. That's, that's all I hear from the mainstream media, but <laughs> yeah, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. I, I am mostly being sarcastic. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do think it's going to grow from both uh, grow more so on, you know, adults transitioning, but also children. I think 
eventually that will backfire in the sense that I think there will be enough children that transition at an early age that decide that was the wrong decision as an adult and that might reverse the course. I don't know. Yeah. And that won't happen for, I I feel like it's relatively new. Yeah. It's relatively new to be able to, as a child, as a child. Right. So that would take a little, a little bit of decade or two or three. Right. Yeah. Until I hate, I don't like being in, I don't like, I just, ah, (laughs) (laughs) give me more facts. I need to know more yeah straight facts i i'm also curious over the last maybe four or five years what the statistics are in terms of increases of gender reassignment surgeries i wonder if there's a statistic out there did you say over the past five years yeah yeah just in general Mm. for youth or for adults I think for adults, I don't think that statistic would probably be available for children. Well, and there's that show. What's the show that was on TLC? TLC? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think I've you ever know, watched You know, it was very TLC. common. No, I've never watched the show, but I've heard of it. Hold on. Give me a little more info and maybe I'll know. I'm going to look it up really quick. Oh, jazz, jazz, jazz. Never heard of it. Oh, Okay. There was a, t- a whole TLC, TLC show about, what's it called? Like, this is jazz or something, about a youth. She was, or a boy who transitioned to a girl and her at a young age. And it was just the whole process. Interesting. I thought you were going. I am jazz. I, I am jazz. That's what's called. Was that like a documentary or like a an actual it was show? like a real kind of like a reality you know how tlc just has like re, like quote-unquote reality shows okay like the like the duggers it was one of those it was real life so sorry it's like Got a it. real life some more documentary style and her and her family like yeah and her family mm-hmm. and her family i think it was back in 2015 it started and just he jazz is a female now. So her transition, I don't know how it's her, his transition. It was the whole, like just life as a trans kid. And then when jazz started their transition, it was, I believe documented. Got it. What you just said something that jogged my memory, which is in another controversial topic that maybe we'll save for another time everyone's chosen pronouns that oh. really <laughs> i mean i'm more annoyed it by it. you i'm i'm real on board with it are you <laughs> great this is something this is something we can disagree about it, i'm really on board with it i'm into it okay so how can you view yourself as a plural identity they or their plural i think it's not plural i think it's just neither wait what i think it's that you're it's not that you're plural it's just neither male or female. It's like, if you were saying like, let's say you were telling a story about just something that happened, but you didn't know who the person was, you would just say they, they went to the store. Yeah. But if you're saying, (laughs) 
<laughs> like, so it's, I've seen people say like, my pronouns are they, them. Right. Okay. In what context are you a them? What context are you a they? And why aren't you a he or she? Because they don't want to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but. So just, just what's the problem with respecting my thing with it is what's the problem with just respecting someone who wants to be maybe not referred to as a male or female. I, I feel like it's kind of like Mrs. or Miss where you don't want to be identified as married or not like granted there's not even a title if a male is married or not which is really stupid in my opinion and so (laughs) everyone please just call me miss because i don't want to just be identified as mrs because i'm married so maybe i think they just maybe don't it's like i don't want to be identified as either male or female so just call me there them okay yeah (laughs) i I mean I, I don't, uh, again, just like with anything, I don't have an issue if you want to have your yourself called something different or if you want to be different, that's fine. I don't really understand it. I think in general, it's creating <laughs> complexities in the English language that <laughs> are... It can handle. It can. The English language can handle. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> There's some really weird. So there is a TV show. Oh, okay. So there is a TV show that I watch. It's called Billions. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. It's this TV show on Showtime. The gist of it, just quickly, it's about this billionaire hedge fund manager in New York City who is in a constant battle with the New York State Attorney General. Anyways. Putting that part aside, in the show, there is actually a transgendered person and, or or, I'm sorry, not a transgendered person, a non-binary person, which is where this connects, that goes by they or them. And that one part of this show, when when they were talking about that person, the, the whole the whole conversation was so confusing to me. I couldn't understand what they were actually talking about. Come on. I swear. It was- Come on. You can't, follow. you can, if there is a story being told to you about anonymous situation and someone's referred to as they or them, because you didn't know if it was a male or female, you could follow along with it. They I mean, went to the store. For the most then, part. Yes. But it, it it confuses me. It just doesn't make sense. Well, I will tell you that, which I, I said this before. I don't know anyone who's transgender. I also just, you know, but I do know multiple people who want to go by a different, different pronouns than he, she, me, she, blah, he, him, she, her. <laughs> And well, have you asked them why, or have they given you an explanation? Yeah, they they more identify with not. Sorry, you broke up on that last part. They more identify with oh, what? They more identify with not that, like those pronouns. They more identify with. Typically, it's the two situations I know, and this is this is this one recently was it was a it was a Christmas in in. Information. It was at Christmas where I was like, hey, just let you know, they go by, they, well, <laughs> they go by they. <laughs> no, they, they go by pronouns, but prefer she, her. So 
and and I was trying to understand the difference between so like someone is transgender, obviously want to be called the different pronouns, but someone who is not transgender, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is offensive that I'm laughing. Oh, yeah. That is not transgender, but wants to go by different pronouns. And it was told to me that they just feel more feminine. They feel but then what's More, the difference between transgenderism and your choice of pronouns? That would be, that is, yeah, but that would be, the, I think I need to have a conversation. We need to interview a transgender person. <laughs> that would be my question is like, why can't somebody just have more female tendencies? Yeah. Then, why do they need so to violent? have I don't know, be a I title don't know. <laughs> or I don't know. And their, so, their physical attributes? I don't know. I know multiple they, thems, and I know one biological male who prefers she, her as of Christmas time. Because but, they but it, so the she, her one, okay. do, wh what would be a scenario where they w wouldn't go by she, her? It's a female, right? No, it's a, it's a male. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> okay. I, I know. Who will, who will, who will accept any pronouns? But prefers she, her. Okay. Cause I know that was a lot. That was a lot. I was like, what? That wasn't totally clear. So that makes more sense and still confusing, Sorry. but I know multiple people who I've done business with or just had interactions with and they sign off on their email signature as like she, her, or they, them, or whatever. Cause Very that's common a common to thing. Have now. That in email signatures to have it in your Instagram bio. Right buttons like I, sometimes when i go into a store people have buttons like who work there mm. have buttons with their pronouns on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay but <laughs> it, some of the ones that i've seen in an email that it's like a male saying i go by he him well what why do you need to announce that what else would you go by well because they want it to be more normalized for those who don't go by there they want it to be normalized to state your pronouns so that for those who don't have regular pronouns, it's not abnormal. So they, they want it to become, I think it's, <laughs> I keep wanting to call you by your fake name, but I keep forgetting it. <laughs> and so I just keep not saying it. Evan. I keep wanting to say your real <laughs> I keep Emily, wanting to say you, your you know my name. name. I keep trying to say your real name. I can't, and I keep forgetting what you're thinking. Do not, okay. do not misname me. <laughs> Definitely do not do that. I'm going to call you any name that pops into my mind. Yeah. Evan. So, yeah, I think it's just that to normalize dating your pronouns so that it's not abnormal when you have different ones. Or I think that's the goal of that. Yeah. And to not assume, and not, and to not assume that a female goes by she, her. Yeah, but it, it is a lot, <laughs> okay. and I know I, there is there is. There See, is this a, is like the second layer of what the uh, transgendered movement creates in in that sense is it's totally. I think it's separate, right? I think this is like something different, and uh, like I have a really close friend whose sister is not prefers to be they them, and not doesn't want to be referred to as a female, but is not transgender. And there is major strain in the relationship between my friend and their sibling because 
my friend, you know, would probably agree with what we're saying about transgender and Mm -hmm. maybe even have some more, more conservative opinions on gay marriage and things like that than even than I, than I hold. And their relationship is very strained, even though, even though they go by, they go by a new name. So they also have a new name that's more just gender neutral. And her, my friend's kids call their aunt uncle. They don't have also a, I don't know. How yeah, like how confusing call. is this for the kids? Yeah, yeah, it is very confusing for her kids. But her kids call them by their, they call them they, them. They call, like, she does her, my friend does her very best her to respect her siblings, like, choices. And has her kids call her, sorry, has, my friend has her kids call them <laughs> by their appropriate. I hope, she, their, I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> their appropriate pronouns and and everything but the relationship is still very strained because it seems never good enough for the sibling right which is and the they're like mental issue or mental health issue in yeah, my opinion and i think that's a problem that i think it's a problem when they're when someone's trying their best and let's say they mess mess up and accidentally say her or sister there is no in that relationship specifically there's not this is not how all people are but in that relationship specifically there's no grace there's no wiggle room to be kind and it's really hard for my friend because she's like i essentially lost the only sister i have and i'm not allowed to mourn my sister is basically my previously sister is not allowing me to in any way be kind of sad that I don't have a sister anymore. Uh, you know, it's just yeah. a whole, there's like so many, we- there's so many like layers. And I feel like you yeah. have to, yeah, you have to also allow the, the other people in life to like mourn and so like that change. Right. Yeah. It's not only that person who potentially life is different. And sometimes I feel like there can be no room to allow the other people like, well, and, ability and, to make a mistake or learn. Yeah, so that that story does not surprise me. I could have predicted that. It, it in my experience and opinion, just reading about and hearing about these types of situations, almost always, if not always, it is somebody who tends to be selfish and attention seeking that chooses to go this route and as a result of those tendencies they can't or won't allow grace on the other end unless somebody kneels to their demands then nothing's okay which is not how a, a normal person or an understanding person would behave in general i mean again right if you are gay lesbian transgendered want to go by a different pronoun great fine but don't expect the world around you to just mold into exactly what you want it to be because that's how you view it the world is complex so you need to accept just like you're asking others to accept that there is nuance and there is complexities and not everyone's going to behave in the way you want them to behave that is right. what I would hope I, to go towards because that's really all they're looking for. So how could they expect right. anything different? 
Yes, that's very true. But I feel like not only in this topic, but in many topics, which is one of the reasons why we started this podcast, I feel like people are less, they're just, they're not willing to allow people to make mistakes and grow. They just want people to be doing the exact correct thing. Right. And who decided all that's the, the exact the, correct all thing? The time. <laughs> right. But people are just like, I feel like the ability to make a mistake has just got, and that's how people grow. So it's very confusing to me because I feel like society's like mistakes are great. Let's grow. That's how we grow. We know that. But don't make this grow. mistake because that's not a wrong. But don't about. make <laughs> yeah. correct. Correct. I feel very like what is happening and everything is crazy because we know that mistakes are how we grow. Yet we are not allowed to make certain mistakes ever, ever. If you did it twenty years ago, you the world will know if you become any kind of famous. If you did it fifteen years ago, sure. And and. You say you've moved like, oh, I've learned my lesson from that. It's not good enough. People want more punish, like they want to like martyr or like they want to like put the, so I don't know. It's a yeah. lot. Well, it's not even just mistakes. It's opinions in general. I mean, if yeah. you hold a certain opinion, then that's wrong to a lot of people. Or, or held it at any time. Right. Sometimes I feel like if you had have held that opinion at any time, that's not okay. You should have held the correct opinion for your whole life. And that's just not, do we want people to grow or do we not? Do we want people to change or do we not? Because everyone will have held maybe an opinion that they've changed and let's allow that and, and be like, okay, yeah, they're, they're acting differently than they did 15 years ago. So I think they have changed. Well, even worse than that, when you limit or ostracize certain opinions or the ability to have a differing opinion than what is considered the the norm or the worldview then that that naturally stifles innovation it naturally stifles an ability to be able to have a conversation in general which is a necessity in a human's life and it, it people from the beginning of time have the, the ones who think differently are the ones who create positive yes. impact and change. And yes. that's great. We should be supporting that in all aspects, including the you know person who believes they should be a different sex or should be called a different name. Fine. That's great. But don't, again, I, I can't stress enough. They should not expect everyone to fall in line with what they believe and they should be supporting the people who don't believe that they're because i think because yeah it's similar to religion in that sense right we don't want other people to force their religion upon us so also don't force potentially which but but uh, i think i think i think transgender people would argue it's different than yeah i mean they would but it's not that's that's the hard part (laughs) (laughs) but you you make a really good point with you know, religion in and of itself, there's an interesting, I mean, we can talk about this for hours. There's, I think you probably know, cause you tend to be a little more religious than me. There's been a natural decline in religious behaviors and tendencies over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. There's much more people who don't consider themselves religious today than there were in the past. And that seems to be a trend. But in replacing that religious behavior, people find religion in other things like 
you know, people who do yoga or a group of like-minded exactly. people, essentially. Yeah. And so you create that because as human beings, we need a sense of community. We need a sense of loyalty to something, somebody, who, whatever. And that's what religion did for a lot of people for a long time. Again, there's lots of negative aspects of religion and what that's done to societies over a long period of time. But as a whole, as a concept, it is necessary and people will create it in one way or another. And so that I think is a lot of what we're seeing going along the lines of less conflict, you create your own conflict, less religion, you create your own religion. And that you hit that point with transgenderism. They want this to be their religion where they're going to have that gospel for everybody to swallow, whether they like it or not. And if you don't, if you don't respect that, if you don't, you know, use their chosen pronouns or allow them to do whatever they want to do in, in a broad sense, then that's not okay. So yeah, I, I just wanted to get that out of my head because it made sense yeah. when you said it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I still disagree with your point about it being different than transgenderism with the pronouns. I, I think it's the exact same thing just without the surgery. Interesting. <laughs> well, I'm, I am curious, like, I will ask the people I know who are, who go by different pronouns. Like you, what you is, should. And what, yeah. What is, so, what is, what is it within the community that. So this, like, if it is, were me that? and if I ever run into somebody who wants to use a different pronoun, whatever, I will make a promise on this show to ask this question. And I would urge you to ask a similar question an open and honest and kind and supportive question, which oh is, Tell me and help me understand how you came to this decision. I, I'm not sure I fully understand how you came to, th- you know, want to use this particular pronoun, whatever it is, and why you no longer identify with your, you know, biological sex. And I, I feel like I could answer that for the people who I know, but okay. I think where I am confused is how it's different why is it just the pronoun? Like, yeah. Wh- and and what is, that would be when, the when does it go Why to wouldn't the actual, you? Yeah. When does it go to the gender, like the, the actual, your actual biological sex? Like what, yeah, what's the difference well, that, in so there? That's layer two. Layer one is, uh, are they dressing or doing things like, you know, their chosen yes. pronoun? To the people that I know. Yes. Okay. They're, so then they're, then what they is the difference be, between that and them, a transgendered person? Well, I think they feel, I think they feel fine with their biological sex, but have more tendencies of the other gender. So they're like, oh, I would just rather be like, for example, the male who likes, to, who prefers she, her, mm-hmm. but will take any pronoun just says that they, per, they feel more feminine in general that they have more feminine attributes, that they have more feminine tendencies. And so it just more matches with their personality. They don't mind that they're a a male, but they just have more female tendencies. So they would like to rather be called she, her. Like they're not offended if you call them he, him, but they're like, oh, and they like kind of dress more feminine and and stuff. And they're like, that just more matches with my maternal personality. That's (laughs) what they would say. But, but then to me is like, when does somebody then say, but then I don't, the gender has to change. 
that is, I think that's. Yeah. And, and then like, when does that also, why do you feel the need or why do you prefer to be calling to be called those pronouns instead of just understanding that you are indicating you have more feminine tendencies, which I think most people would agree is just a societal construct that doesn't really mean anything. I think it's, anyways. Just a per- I think, I think it's really just a personal, pre- like, I think it's just like, like, let's say you had your doctorate and you're like, just ca- call me Dr. Cool. I think it's just like a personal, like, I would just prefer you to call me this. Name. But that, like, I mean, that more identifies a level of expertise or. And I think that just more identifies their, I think it just identifies their personality. You know, like, it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of more feminine. So just but wouldn't, wouldn't that be obvious if you saw them or hung out with them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think they're just saying, please call me she, because it, it just more fits with who I am, mm. you know? And you're like, okay, cool. But then to me, it's like, what, like, then when does it become that, the, that you're, like you said, biologically given chromosome needs to change? What, what does that, when does that, what's, where, why is there these lot like, I know where, why where does the spectrum start so and where does the spectrum finish? Yeah. <laughs> like there's yeah, no yeah. clarity. Like why do, why um, does it go to that? Yeah. As we've had this conversation, I feel more secure in my, in my, in my, tri- in my child. I feel like I can barely wrap my head around it as an adult, let alone the child. Right, it's I mean, confusing I as how, hell. I knew that's how I, I knew that's how I felt before, but I feel even better about it. <laughs> this conversation. It, so, if and when, and by the way, has your oldest ever asked you about any of this, or are they aware of any of it? No, they're very aware of. Like our neighbors are lesbians, so okay. they're very aware that you can have two moms or two dads or whatever. And I don't know if this is technically correct, but what we say <laughs> is probably not correct. But what we say is most most men marry women, but there are sometimes men marry men. Most men marry, or most women marry men, but sometimes women marry women. And we're just like, there's different ways that families are constructed. That's kind of how we... I, well, like, that's 100% factual, so I don't see yeah, there being anything yeah, wrong yeah. with that. So that's just how we teach them about it. And our neighbors are lesbians. My husband's aunt is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. So they're, and they have children who are closer to my kid's age than our age. So we say that those are our kids' cousins and they know that they have two moms. So it's just kind of also just something that they are around. And so we're like, yeah this is typically normally this happens, but sometimes this happens. So that's just how it is. But there has not been like, we don't know any transgender people and in their classes so far, there have not been any transgender kids. So it hasn't like come up. Yeah. I'll be interested to hear if, if, and when it does, how you, but we have, (laughs) we we have, well, we have been gifted books for our kids about transgenderism that we have tucked away <laughs> the gospel <laughs> because we feel like they we were our kids were also given a book that has like a wheel inside mm-hmm. of like pick <laughs> pick i need to pull it out because i i didn't really i have it in my closet but it's like pick your you could be this you could be this you can be this like gender like gender like I, all this stuff yeah and i was like no, the, to me, I'm like, that's something that we decide as parents. You can't just gift my kid 
like a book. Yeah, that that's book, like it, in my opinion, that is one of the most rude gestures you can do is put your opinion on somebody else's child. Really, people don't think they're like this should be. I know, and I understand your point that you've made. Yeah, but I'm like they to them, they're like this should be not an opinion. This yeah. should just be how society is, and so. I understand where they're coming from, but as a parent, I'm like, my kid is not going to (laughs) read, my kid is not going to read this book. We were also gifted books like, like about gay penguins, which we let our kids read. We're like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Um, that is a true story. That's that's a comedy. It sounds like, (laughs) (laughs) but it actually is a real story about penguins at the, at the New York zoo. There were like gay (laughs) penguins at the zoo and like like, the, the keeper gave them an egg that another penguin couple abandoned The, the, the two male penguins at the new york zoo were trying to hatch eggs mm-hmm. they like made their own little family trying to hatch eggs and so the zookeeper like another family abandoned an egg and so they gave it to whatever it's yeah, the whole yeah. thing we let our we let our kids read that we're like great but like there are some books our kids have been gifted that we do not allow them to read or i just give away because yeah okay here i'm pulling out the book it's called who are you the kid's guide to gender identity <laughs> i was like oh, that's boy. a hard no yeah that's a hard no uh, that was gifted to my kids. Yeah, so I mean, I was just like, I didn't obviously tell the per- I wasn't like, and I'm throwing it away. Wow, that's but that's there's intense. a wheel in the back. Do you want to know more about the book? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, <laughs> kind of, but I also know if that was given have, to me, they would go straight in the trash. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I think it was given by a close person to us. So if they mm-hmm. were ever like, where's that book? I wanted to be like, it's here. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Like there's a part of the wheel that says like I am. And then it's like neutral, neutral, agender, transgender. And that's a bunch of other stuff. I haven't opened the wheel. So I don't really, I, guess I literally have to open it right now. Yeah. And they're going to have to replace that book in two years when the wheel grows to a thousand additional. There's words I don't even know. There's <laughs> yeah. neutrios. N-E-U-T-R-O-I-S. I've never even heard that word. Never heard gender, it. Third, third gender, two spirit, a girl, a boy, both, neither. Sometimes a girl and sometimes a boy. Just me, not sure. Non-binary, gender queer, gender fluid, trans, transgender. There you go. Oh, boy. So there's a lot. I mean, and that was good to my kids. So I'm like, to me, I'm like, that's a choice that we make on how to educate our kids on these issues and we've chosen no to that book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if, and when my child asks me about this, I honestly wouldn't know how to answer any of her questions. Like, well, why do, why do people think this way? What, why would they want to change their gender? I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. So people do, uh, that's clear, but I don't understand it and I'm not surprised yeah. and, that you don't. And I either. really like, I really, I'm not surprised that you don't cause I don't, I really like part of my parenting philosophy is to try and talk to my kids about mm-hmm. issues before they experience them yeah. outside of our house. And I really, I, I don't know how to broach this topic and, but I want them to hear from me first about it. Right. You don't, with, you as, with, as with all topics, as with all topics. Yeah. I want them to hear from me first and know they can come to me for information. And so I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how it's going to go, but 
I'll keep you posted. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll have a part two of this discussion <laughs> at some point. after I have my conversation with my oldest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll have a podcast about it. Perfect. Well, I think that's a good point right. to wrap. I wasn't expecting to go for an hour or more on this topic, but we can edit. We can it. edit down the nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. We'll see. I think it's good. All okay. right. Until next time. Talk to you later. later. Bye.